Welcome back, everyone. How are you doing? This is the Anxiety Wad Podcast. I'm your host, Corey. Grateful you are here once again, back at it after two-week hiatus. A lot been going on. Um, what I'm going to do on this episode, and I'll fill you in a little bit about my travels, um, I'm going to talk about my top 10 things I do when I fly. Um, it's been a little bit. It's been a minute since I've flown. Um, I, I actually purposely wrote down a few things I was going to try to help to mitigate my anxiety around flying. Um, it's one of the most challenging things I do with anxiety is flying. Just I'm claustrophobic. I, my anxiety started around the time I was flying a lot for football. Um, it's pretty ingrained into my um, anxiety button, if you will. And uh, so I, I was very purposeful, and I'm, hopefully I can bring some um value to you guys with some of the things that I tried, some of the things that worked. Um, so I'm going to do my top 10 things that I do when I travel. Um, there's also an honorable mention on a few things you can try. And then I'm also going to share some stuff that I, that I think would work for kids as well. Um, being a dad, um, it was something I thought about if I ever were to take my son who sometimes struggles with anxiety, which he's doing really good these days, side note, um, which has been awesome. But some of the things I thought might help you parents out there that might deal with children with anxiety and happen to travel with them. So uh, to start out, um, I had to take a little work trip out to San Francisco. And um, it was, we flew out Monday at like four in the afternoon, I believe our flight left. Um, we ended up getting to the airport pretty early, which is always good for me. Um, I, I feel like I'm a little bit more um, stressed out if I get there too late. And I just, I, I worry about getting stuck in, uh, um, you know, the checkpoints and what are they called? TSA, right? Checkpoints. Security. That's what I'm looking for. Security. Um, which is funny because uh, when we were going out there, um, they have like the, the U-shaped metal detectors and then they have the round one. Um, the round one always works best for me, um, being someone that has metal implants in my body. I always get beeped if I just do the, the U-shape that goes up and over your head, um, which happened. And so, I, and, and it's funny, I've been, I've been working on uh, losing some pounds and getting leaner. And so I had to take my belt off. I walked through holding my pants. And so they got a little freaked out that I was holding my pants and I, you know, sprang the button a little bit. But um, one thing I would highly recommend is doing pre-check if you can, if you can afford it. Um, it just goes a lot smoother, especially if you're someone that does have anxiety. Um, that's not even on my list, but it should have been. Um, just pre-check. You know, there's a lot less um, pulling out your computer, pulling out your iPad, putting your phone. I mean, you still have to put your bags through the uh, the scanner, but you just set your bags on there and um, then you just walk through. So that, that I found was a little bit less stressful than having to do the full-on uh, TSA checkpoint. Um, so yeah, we got out there at about, I'm trying to remember what time it was we landed. I think it was like 7.30. Um, it was like a four, uh, three and a half hour flight and it's two hour time difference. And so we landed, um, we just did a carry on and then I did a backpack. So it was, uh, we didn't have to go to baggage claim or anything like that. And then we just took a shuttle to our airport. So it was pretty, pretty painless. Um, as far as logistics goes, I just rode with the people from work in a van to get down there and, um, Stayed out there, uh, so we had a full day Tuesday, full day Wednesday, half a day Thursday, and then we flew back Thursday evening. Um, we landed in back in Minneapolis about 9.30, and I ended up walking into my door at my house about 1 a.m. So <laughs> when I got home, basically just dropped my bags and my backpack, slept on the couch. I didn't even bother jumping in bed. 
um, obviously I did my night routine and, you know, brush my teeth cause I ain't, I ain't gross like that, but, um, brush my teeth, wash my face, uh, got a little bit more comfortable and just crashed. So, um, as far as the anxiety and flying goes from, from my standpoint, this trip, it went very, very smooth. I was shocked, honestly. Um, cause you really never know. You never know if the work that you're putting in is going to benefit you when, when the times, you know, when it's, when it's crunch time, you know, and, and, and has what I've been doing been benefit me, benefiting me is always the question that I have. Um, I, I don't, I'm not pressed into, um, anxious situations very often anymore because they're few and far between. And so, um, as far as like anticipation for the flight, I had very minimal anticipation this time around. Usually I'm like two or three weeks out and I'm just stressed about it all the time. And I honestly was just so busy. I didn't really have a whole time, whole lot of time to think about it. Um, the only time I really thought about it was, okay, what are the things I'm going to do to help, um, lower my anxiety, um, up into the flight. Once the plane gets going and we're like in cruising altitude, I'm fine. But everything up until that point used to be a nightmare. Um, a little history for me in flying. Uh, it was right around when 9-11 happened that I flew a lot. Um, it was also around the time that, you know, a lot of people in my family were getting sick. I was a little hypochondriacal myself and, um, I had some weird stuff going on with my body, like my, my neck and, you know, all the stuff kind of combined into this, um, extremely stressful situation on top of being claustrophobic. And so, it was just like the perfect storm of anxiety. And, um, that is where my major anxiety with flying comes from is that period in my life. And as you guys know, and, and people that have PTSD really understand that when a period in your life gets ingrained in your body, you just really don't know what's going to happen. Um, when you're in, in a situation that's similar or a situation exactly like you're used to uh, causing you a lot of anxiety. And so I, I wrote down a bunch of things that I was going to try, and I'm like, well, that sounds like a good topic for, for a podcast. So let me go over some of those with you. Uh, the number one um, was medication. It's been the most effective over the years for me, um, and I use lorazepam, and it's just like Adamant. And what I do with that is I uh, partition it out. And so... An hour and a half out, I will take 0.25 milligrams. And so I get one milligram tablets and I'll split them in half and then I'll split them in half again. And so I take 0.25 an hour and a half out and put it under my tongue and let it dissolve. Um, under your tongue is the quickest way to get it into your bloodstream. But at 0.25 milligrams, the, all that's doing is really just kind of easing the nerves. Um, I did, actually didn't do it that way this time. That's what I, I've done. Um, and, and so it was like, I think it was like 45 minutes out when I started that. And I did the 0.25 and then I did another 0.25, 15 minutes before we boarded. And then I ended up doing another 0.25. So it's only 0.75 in the past, which is, this is the crazy part. I would do two to 2.5 milligrams just to be able to fly. Um, now if <laughs> the funny part about that is I would have to have help and mainly because, you know, people with sedatives, you either fall asleep or you don't remember what's going on. Um, for the men out there, if you're listening, if you've had a vasectomy, you know exactly what I'm talking about because they give you Valium and that just knocks you on your butt. You don't even remember anything. I mean, you do when you wake up, you very quickly realize, and never mind, I won't go down that road, but anyways, so sedatives, very effective. Um, for me this time around, it was mainly that I had them if I needed them. 
Um, I, I still did use a little bit of them just to kind of get through. Um, but I really realized that I didn't really need that much. Um, just simply having them was enough for me this time around. And, and I would strongly suggest that you talk to your, um, general physician about it. Um, there's, there's no shame in it, at least starting the conversation. If they're not one to prescribe that to you, um, you can go to a, and I always get this wrong. I'm sorry. It's either psychiatrist or psychologist that can prescribe. I think it's psychiatrist, but, um, they can also, also prescribe you sedatives for flying, um, more often than not, your general physician's going to prescribe that. And, but they'll give you a small dose. I only got like five of them. I, I said, that's all I really need. And, um, no, I take that back. I got five of the 0.5 and then I got 10 of the one milligram. I only brought the one milligram. And so I had 10 milligrams total. And I think I still have, I think six of them left. No, yes, seven of them left. So I only ended up using three total. So. Um, so as far as medication goes for me, it's just kind of more of a peace of mind thing. It's not necessarily that I need them anymore. Uh, it, but I, I did use them. I did, uh, still, um, have that crutch to lean on and you know, when it's, when the times are hard and it's one of those things that's ingrained into you perfectly fine to use that crutch. Now, what I didn't do this time around is take the sedative and drink. <laughs> and so don't do that. I mean, if you have to, you can, but you're not going to remember anything. And you're pro if you're flying alone, more often than not, you're not going to remember it. And chances are you might forget your bag. You might forget where you're going. Um, it's just not a good situation. It's never really good to drink with those. Um, now I can't really talk because I, I, I used to do that. It's not, it was not very smart. So, um, you got any questions about medication? Let me know. Um, I've talked about that in the past, but that's the one that, um, still comes back around and I still use from time to time. All right. Number two, um, plan for the un unexpected. So have a contingent contingency plan. Um, things can pop up when you're flying, like, um, you get delayed, you know, and then, so you kind of have to, and, and, and that's something I had to deal with if I was partitioning off my medication is okay. What if a delay comes and this happened on a trip to going to Playa del Carma, Mexico, um, our flight was delayed an hour. And so the medication had kicked in. And so we had to go sit and I had to eat something. Uh, and then I ended up having to take way more medication at that trip than I really needed. And I just, I don't remember the flight. I remember getting to the hotel, but, um, I had, a, um, I would say for a contingency plan now, if you have the unexpected is to say, if this happens, then I'm going to do this. And you know, if you're someone that can remember that in your head, like me, uh, then great. But if you're someone that can't remember that. Like, what, what was I going to do if we were delayed? What was I going to do if they ended up checking my bag that I had my stuff in it? That was a carry on, but, um, this happened in our flight. It was a, a completely booked flight. And so some people had to check their carry on bags. So if I have to check my carry on bag, then I'm going to make sure I have my medication in my pocket. If uh, they have to check my carry on bag, I'm going to make sure I have a little backpack which is what I do. I do a carry on and a, and a backpack because you can do a carry on and a personal item. So I keep all of the stuff that is central to mitigating my anxiety in my backpack, just in case my carry on gets checked. So I have contingency plans around everything. Um, if I don't get the rental car I want, if I don't, um, you know, whatever, just if this fill in the blank happens, then I'm going to do this, write them down, so you can reference them when that stuff pops up because what happens when we're anxious is the unexpected is what really throws us off. When we, 
you know, when we're anxious, we, we like to feel like we're in control and we try to control the future of what might happen or what ifs. And more often than not, we really don't plan for them, but we do worry about them. So having, having a backup plan to the unexpected, especially when traveling, especially if you're going through the airports and whatnot, there's always stuff that pops up. Like if loud noises throws, throws you off, start wearing your noise canceling headphones, you know, start wearing, listening to music early. You know, if like, if kids crying throws you off, if loud noises, if, if, um, like certain people, like if you've been through some trauma, if certain people set you off, try to figure out a way to focus on other things like the floor or watch the screens. Don't look at people. Cause I mean, I know you want to look at people and feel safe, but are you really feeling safe if you can eyeball people? You know, you're in a safe place. There's security there. There's multiple people there. More often, more more likely than not, nothing really is going to happen between you and another person. Now, you want to have situational awareness, but if I see someone that looks like fill in the blank, then I'm going to do fill in the blank. So every scenario you can think of, plan for it. You know, we like to worry about the what ifs, like I said, but how often do we plan for them? Number three, uh, I already mentioned it, is the noise-canceling headphones. Uh, this is this is crucial if you're someone that noise sets you off. Um, they have all kinds of price um, price points for these. Like some of them are click-on. Like you can, there's a little battery pack that you click them on, and the noise-canceling part works. Uh, they have earbud kinds. They have uh, the ones that I have cover my entire ear. And I can listen to just music regularly, or if I click a button, the noise canceling part comes on. And what I can't hear is like the revving, or not the revving, but like just the constant steady stream of the noise of the engine. And it really calms me down. So uh, when, I, when I get through this list, I'll kind of tie everything together and, and explain how I use all these things. But the noise canceling headphones is, is something that really has... Um, I think that that might be like one of the major things for me now is, is just being able to kind of um, occupy my brain is is I can't focus on that noise that used to drive me crazy, if you will, and just like you're like, okay, that's, that's the engine. Okay, does it sound right? It doesn't sound right. Something's wrong. It sounds right. No, it doesn't. It doesn't sound right. And so for me, if I can just kind of eliminate that factor of listening to, to the, and, and like, to me, it, it, it sounds ridiculous, but that's what we do, right? Like we, we think these things in our head, like, oh my God, I think we hit a bird, you know? And, and just these thoughts that I've had over the, over the years. And if you can eliminate that with something as simple as a set of headphones, it's worth the money, right? Some of them are super expensive. Like you can pay three, four or $500 for them, but I think mine were 120 bucks. And so I used them when we went to Hawaii and I just used them on both flights there and back this time around. So very beneficial and highly recommended. Um, and then I just mentioned, uh, number four is occupy your brain. And I do this very simply by, um, crossword puzzles or word finds. Um, I, I, I'm someone that struggles with reading. Like I can't just sit and read a book. I get kind of motion sickness and dizzy. Um, plus I can't sit still, so that's another factor, but I can look for words in a word find and, and it's just, you got to figure out and test out these things that are going to occupy your own brain. Some people do Sudoku. Some people can just read a book. Um, you know, some people do the iPad and, and watch movies and, and that's another one on the list that I'll get to here in a second. But, 
um, occupying your brain is not going to give you time to create these inner stories that we we have that that create us the the worry and the angst that come along with um, anxiety. So um, what I do is I just I grab like a word find and I just sit and focus on that and I'll get to that here at the end. But um, occupying your brain is is huge. Um, other things like a handheld game gaming unit um they have those ones like the uh, yahtzee things that's like the um, it's not like a digital one but it's kind of like an analog where it's um like a dot matrix like they're just black and white um those work out really well but do not turn your sound on that will just annoy the bejesus out of people so those little handheld gaming ones yahtzee uh solitaire um, obviously you can use your phone for gaming um but occupy your brain It, it will um diminish that that uh, variable of creating a, 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 um, a scary story in your head. So um, learn, learn the lay of the land. Uh, and this is one that I really liked um, when, I, when I, I had never flown into the San Francisco airport. And so what I did is I pulled up the map and looked at my gate and looked at where I had to go um, both um, to and from the airport and looked at like the trip we were going to take um, to get to our hotel but also just inside the airport. Where can I go to get water? Where can I go to go to the bathroom? Where can I go to get a snack? Where can I go if I need uh, like an ice pack? Sometimes if I get really anxious, I get really warm. And I I mean, it didn't happen, but I knew, and this is part of that one where I was talking about a contingency plan. um, I knew where I would have to go if I were to need one. And so learning the lay of the land, you know, where you're gonna stay, how do I get there? What if I run out of gas? Okay, there's a gas station. And just planning for the unexpected is really going to save you some angst. Uh, number six is find a quiet spot. Um, I, I kind of, and I, I told the, the guys that I was traveling with, is I, I kind of get quiet when I travel. And if you know me, if I'm quiet, it's usually I'm super sore or in pain or I'm upset. <laughs> because I'm not quiet very often. So it's very easy. I have a very easy tell if I'm upset, but so I had to let these guys know that I'm, I'm probably going to be quiet when I travel just because I don't like flying. And, uh, so what I did is I just kind of found like, usually in the terminal, there's like, uh, right, right near you, there's, there's an empty terminal, like, or a gate. And I usually go right on the edge of that and close enough to where I'm at so I don't look like a, a weirdo just sitting in the middle of an empty gate. But um, what I'll do is, I like, even if I don't have to charge anything, I'll just go sit by a charger so the appearance that I'm charging. But for me, it's, it's kind of a spot to just sit f- and focus on these things that I bring in my arsenal to help uh, decrease my anxiety. So find your quiet spot uh, so you can work on your plan that you have for when you travel. Um, then I already talked about number seven is the noise canceling headphones. Uh, number eight, um, breathing. Uh, this is, this is one that actually stewardesses will tell you. And, um, I start this when we start going down the, um, the walkway to get it to load the plane. And I just, I've talked about box breathing before is I'll do the four count is I do it with my steps though, is I'll go one, two, three, four, and then I'll hold my breath for a four count. And then I'll exhale for a four count and then I'll hold it out for a four count. So I'll expel all my, my air and then I'll just hold it for four. Um, there's, there's tons of apps out there for breathing. Um, if you have a, an Apple watch, you can just use the breath app on there. 
or the there's a Piranayama app that you can create your own. Uh, there's Insight Timer, Calm, uh, Brain FM, Headspace. There's all, there, all those apps have um, breathing applications within them that you can you can use. And once you get on the plane, get your noise canceling headphones on. Um, if you like to um, put one of those blinders on, what are they called? Not blinders. It's like a sleep mask. So you're not like looking around and then just focus on your breath, put your hand on your belly button and focus on your stomach rising and, and uh, falling and just focus on counting your breath. You know, like pretty much every psychologist ever that works with anxiety is going to tell you to count down from 10. And it always used to make me super mad. I used to hate it. I'm like, yeah, okay, you count down from 10. <laughs> like I get all bitter about it. And I obviously I was, you know, hurting. So I was trying to spit venom back at them, even though they were right. It does work if you focus on your breath and only your breath and count down from 10. You can do the, the box breathing. You can count up to 30. You can count down from 30, count down from 100 or whatever you need to do to focus only on your stomach going in and stomach out. Because what you want to avoid is breathing up in your chest, getting tight. And then what happens is like you'll get this weird tension uh, feeling in your in your sternum. And then if you were like me, you'd be like, well, my sternum feels weird. Maybe it's my heart. Maybe it's my heart. Maybe it's my heart. And then you start to panic a little bit and, or if you get it in your back, be like, oh my God, here comes another back spasm and I'm traveling. I'm not going to be able to fix it. Here comes a back spasm, you know, and focusing on that rise and fall of your stomach is going to be super beneficial. All right. Already on number nine here, uh, pre-download some movies. Now, if you don't have an iPad, you can also do this on your phone. Um, pretty much everybody in America has their own cellular device. Uh, and it's, or you can just get like, a, you can buy an old DVD player on Amazon or eBay for super cheap and then just bring your own DVDs. I'm sure you have some DVDs left over at your house, uh, and just bring them with or pre-download them on your iPad and make sure that you do this the night before you leave or two nights before you leave. So they have time to fully download, do them on your own, uh, home Wi-Fi, So it's faster than doing it in a hotel. Uh, hotel Wi-Fi's are notoriously slow. So if you're staying overnight, make sure you do it before you even get to the hotel. They're already preloaded. Uh, you can watch them. And the other thing that I will do with, as far as my iPad goes is as soon as I watch a movie, I'll delete it. And then when I get to my hotel, I will start downloading another one. Um, I'm somewhat, I collect movies on iTunes and I probably have like near, nearly 500 movies. So I, I haven't quite an assortment. I don't buy like things really for myself other than like workout clothes, but I, I buy movies. Um, and a little, uh, side note about me is I have a photographic memory with movies, so it's really kind of a useless talent, but it's just one my, my bag. And so, uh, that's something I, and, and, and again, I'll tie all this together, but that's something that I will do is as soon as I get to the hotel, I'll start another movie. Um, check it a couple hours later, make sure it's downloaded, start another one, depending upon how long your flight is. Um, this time I only did, I deleted two and then downloaded two more before we went back. So very uh, small volume on that one. And then number 10, and, these, and, and again, this list is what I use. Uh, so these are my top 10. I dress for comfort and I wear comfortable socks. Someone being someone with ADD, my socks really bother me if they don't fit right or they're not put on right. I'm like so transparent with you guys. It's ridiculous. But anyways, um, if I, if I put on socks that I have just bought and, and they don't fit right, I'll just give them to my little brother. Cause I know I'm not going to wear them. So, 
you know, start at the ground, work your way up, comfortable shoes, comfortable socks. Um, sometimes I've seen people wear slippers on the plane. Just make sure they're not the slippers you've had for three years and smell like the, you know, an old wet dog or something like that. Um, but yeah, then, then, you know, sometimes when I travel, I'll wear like sweatpants with shorts underneath them. Uh, or, you know, my, I wear the flex fit jeans. Um, I'm a bigger dude, so I need those. And, you know, a nice comfortable t-shirt, comfortable sweatshirt that I can zip up and um, take off if I need to. And then I do a vest. Uh, it's just, I, I know it works for me. And so that's what my go-to is, but dress for comfort because the last thing you want to do in a tight packed plane. Now, if you're a smaller person, that's probably isn't going to bother you as much, but I'm, I'm a big dude. And I was up against the, the window and I had a, um, the PC way to say a, a bigger person next to me. So I was pretty cramped, but luckily I had planned ahead to um, wear some comfortable clothes. So it didn't really bother me. Like the worst thing that could happen to me would be, I would have super tight jeans on wonky socks, like the wrong pair of underwear. My belt would be too tight. I'd have an itchy collar on my shirt and, and already just my clothes are stressing me out. Now that's the ADD side of my brain, but then throw me into a spot where I'm claustrophobic and packed in with someone that's a little bit bigger next to me with minimal space, like that's my nightmare scenario. So I plan for that situation. So the comfortable clothes is a must for me. And so some of the other things that I thought about for um, like the honorable mention, uh, just a few of them, very, very, uh, very simple one. And I did this on uh, Monday morning as I worked out before I flew. And it kind of takes uh, over some of that excess anticipation energy that you may have. And you may not always be able to do this, but um, if you could get up earlier, you could probably work out. You know, you can always get up earlier. It just, you might be a little bit more tired, but you're going to be flying. So being tired is not a bad thing. Maybe you'll take a nap. So working out really uh, is, is another one that I would put on that list. If, it, if that uh, really speaks to your heart, then throw that on your own list. And with these, start creating your own list and start trying some stuff. Uh, grounding. Uh, I kind of mentioned this with the slipper thing, but I've, I've done this and I've seen people do this is they'll slip off their shoes and they'll start kind of putting their, uh, like, if you've seen Die Hard, um, you start making fists with your toes on the ground. Um, just to kind of, kind of pull in your feet along the carpet for whatever reason it works, or you can do it as soon as you land and get to your hotel is start, start kind of getting some grounding going, um, connecting your feet to the ground, um, focusing on that sensation that you get. But, and this is a big, but if your feet are funky, do not take your shoes off in a plane. You are going to make so many people mad. If you got stankin' feet smelling like old Doritos, <laughs> and you're rubbing your toes on the ground. So if your feet don't stink, try that one. And then another one is tell the stewardess. I highly recommend this. I've done this many, many times. It is just kind of whisper in your ear. Be like, I'm someone that is super nervous about flying. I might need you. That's all you have to say. They are trained to deal with people that are anxious with flying. It's, it's a very common... Uh, trigger for a lot of people fear of, of flying. So they're trained to deal with that and they have some tools in their arsenal. If you, for whatever reason, happen to forget what you had planned, talk to the stewardess. Another honorable mention one is have a travel buddy and let them know that you're feeling anxious about the flying, about flying. Now, obviously you want to make sure it's someone that you trust. 
that can uh, not just say, hey, why don't you just not stop worrying or you're making me nervous. That would obviously not be the, the most beneficial thing that they could say. But when we bring people into our own weird little world, uh, we don't feel so isolated. And when we don't feel isolated, it's harder to struggle. Like when we bring people in, um, they'll prop us up more than likely, especially if we have the bravery to ask for help. All right. Finally, let's talk about kids and travel. All those things probably could work for kids. Um, you know, kids' feet usually don't stink, so you could try the grounding with them. But, you know, medication, for one, is something you want to talk to, to their their uh, general practitioner or pediatrician about. I don't know, honestly, like what you would do for kids with medication. So I'm not going to give any advice um, on that. That's the only one of the top ten that I would say um, ask about. The other ones should work pretty well. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't know about kids instead. It depends upon their, um, their factors. Like what else do they have going on that they may already be on medication? Like if they're on Ritalin or anything like that, I don't even know if Ritalin's still around, but um, that was when I was a kid, they used that for ADD, but make sure you talk to your general practitioner or pediatrician about that. Uh, this is a really important one. And this is something that I've learned over the years with my son is answer any and all questions they have especially around situations that cause them anxiety. It's very easy to get frustrated. It's very easy to, especially for me, if, if I was flying with my son and I was already anxious, it would be very easy for me to dismiss his questions or to let my own anxiety take over the teaching moment that is provided by my child. Like they're asking questions and that's a teaching moment. That's what we're, we've been blessed to be parents. That's what we're here for is that teaching moment that they say, well, what's, what's this for daddy? What's this? What's this? Why, why, why are they doing this? What's that big crash when, like when the tires pull up, I could imagine my son being like, what was that? And so explain to him, that's just the tight, like the tires and the landing gear folding up inside the plane and then the doors closing. And so they can picture that in their mind versus them thinking that a giant boulder fell out of the sky and hit the plane. So make sure you answer and have patience to any and all questions they may have when you're traveling with them. And honestly, doing that is going to distract you if you're someone that's also anxious. Uh, another thing for kids is bring their favorite stuffed animal, their favorite blanket, their favorite book, their favorite toy. You know, you're allowed to bring a carry-on and a personal item. Um, what I would do is if you want to bring a blanket and a stuffed animal, fold up their blanket and put it in your carry-on. Uh, just make room in yours and, you know, be selfless as you know, we are meant to be as parents, take something of yours out if it doesn't fit and put theirs in there. Cause you know, you'll survive. Sometimes kids can be scarred for life, especially on travel that they've never done. If they're someone with anxiety and we leave them hanging. So, you know, try to be selfless. If, if it's something that's not going to fit in your bag, that's going to benefit them. Take something of yours out and put something that will benefit them in. There's Plenty of people that travel with kids, some kids do better than others, but you know, now that I'm a parent, it doesn't bother me. Like, I'm like, man, that's, that's a brave parent, like bringing their kid on there. There was the cutest stinking baby on our flight this last time. <laughs> it was just, I was like, oh man, I miss when my kids are that big, but the kid cried and it was hungry and they fed it. And I didn't even think about that. I'm like, man, that kid's got some big blue eyes. Uh, another one that would really work well for our kids is iPad time. Um, just get some noise canceling headphones for kids or just get the regular headphones that cover their ears 
so they can really focus in and hone in on that screen time. You know, we try to um, do the best that we can to limit screen time. Our kids are both kind of techie, like their dad. Uh, so it, it, they, they enjoy it. And, uh, you know, for us, when we need to get something done, we let them have that time because they're going to focus in and hone in on that I, iPad and screen time. So that'd be another one, uh, you know, whether it's uh, an iPad, a Kindle Fire, or, you know, whatever else is out there at the time, plug them in with headphones, let them play some games, let them watch, some mo- watch a movie. And obviously, if they have one of those devices, as a parent, you kind of want to regulate what's on there already. So you shouldn't have to worry about that while you're traveling. And I think that's it. Yeah, I think that's it, guys. Um, and so let me let me kind of bring this all together and explain to you what I do. So uh, I kind of talked about the medication. I talked about I throw my noise-canceling headphones on. And as soon as I sit down, this is what I do, is I'll turn those on. I'll start a movie. I'll get all buckled in and situated. Uh, well, let me back up. When I sit down, I will buckle in, make sure my jacket or my vest is situated, um, put my bag underneath, my um, carry-on up above. That's all done with. Um, I'm just kind of thinking right now. And so I'll pull out my iPad, plug in my noise-canceling headphones, either to my iPad or my phone, and I'll turn on some music. Um, That would probably be another um, honorable mention one is try to find some Zen music or like, I always call it like massage music. But it's just like what they play when you get a massage or like yoga music or like a Zen garden kind of music. It just really calms me down. And so that that's what works for me. You don't want to be up at 128 beats per minute if you're already anxious. <laughs> so techno might not be your jam if you're someone that has anxiety and you're trying to calm down before you sit down. And so I got my music going. Um, I have my iPad out getting ready to cr- uh, turn on uh, a movie. And then I'll also have my word find with a pen. And so I have all that ready to go. I've had my medication. And as soon as we start taxiing out to take off, plug into the movie, turn that noise canceling thing on, start a movie. And I'm looking at my word find, you know, sometimes like this time I took my shoes off and I noticed right away that they weren't the right shoes to take off. So I put them back on which is kind of embarrassing, but who will, oh well. Um, so I had some funky feet, and so I just put my shoes back on, and I, I watched him. It was um, uh, Infinity Wars, uh, Avengers Infinity Wars. So it basically took up the whole flight, and you know I, I did the crossword puzzle for off and on for maybe a half an hour at the time. And um, I, I did have like a neck pillow, but it was too big. It just, with, with my situation, with my... Uh, my, my seat mate, I just couldn't get comfortable. So I took that off and kind of chucked it on the floor by my bag and just let it, let it sit there. Um, I eventually did pick it up and put it on my, um, lap and I put my elbows on that and, um, leaned forward onto the food tray ahead of me and just watched my movie. So that's kind of what I do to put all that together. You know, obviously I have my comfy clothes. Um, I did my breathing up and to the point that we were taking off. Um, I did the quiet spot when I was waiting for my plane, um, I knew the lay of the land where I was going. Um, I occupied my brain with my word search. Um, I did. I tried the grounding, but my feet were funky, so I put my shoes back on. Um, I planned for the unexpected. You know, I I, I knew what I was going to do if fill in the blank happened. Then I would do this. And like I said, I had my medication. So, if you have any questions on any of this stuff for traveling, um, please feel free to reach out. And in that vein, if you guys 
uh, would let me know. I posted this on uh, our Instagram today. Um, what you think of the every two week episode? Uh, are you able to keep up with the episodes? Would you like them more regularly? Um, they're only half an hour, so, um, so well, this one's going to be longer than half an hour. But you know, they're pretty easy to get through if you want to dedicate some time to listening to them. But please let me know. I, I do well with feedback. I, I like to hear from you guys. I like to tweak the show so I can help you guys um, answer some of those questions that you may have. So uh, I still have uh, available times for some one-on-ones. Uh, made it through some people and um, they're doing well. So I, I'm going to keep it open here for a little bit longer while I have time. Uh, hit us up at anxietywad at gmail.com um, or just submit a question through the website at anxietywad.com. And I say email was anxietywad at gmail.com. Yeah. For, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's been a while. I've traveled. Uh, well, you know, fun fact about travel is I ended up walking 33.5 miles in three days. Um, we went to Dreamforce for uh, Salesforce and you walk a lot. So anyways, that is all for this show. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Thank you for working on yourself. Thank you for being brave, for asking questions. And overall, just, just thank you for continuing to fight and not giving up. May you have a peaceful morning, afternoon, or evening. Keep coming back, guys. We're going to figure this out, I promise. We'll see you.